All right, we got to get this underway <sighs> because we are night podcasting. Night pod. I can't even remember the last time we did this. Like an evening, like an actual evening one. Well, where it starts when it's dark mm-hmm. and it will end when it's darker. Did we? When I'd be like, I'm dying at work. Oh, okay. Turns out, no matter where I work, I'm dying all the time. Um, I was all excited. Hmm. Have you considered that that might not be a problem of the workplace? I, I think and it's, it might a, be a, it's a me problem. problem. Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, you, you re- read an email 35 times before you hit send, and then you go, oh, fuck, I didn't attach the goddamn thing. So then two hours later, when you're on a run, and you get an email from, you know, someone who controls all the money. Who's like, no attachment. You're like, fuck, what do you mean it didn't attach? Son of a bitch. So, you know, well, just saying. Yeah, that that's invigorating, hearing about emails. I know, isn't it I'm so already exciting. a little bit tired, and now uh, I, I just isn't checked it out so much fun. for uh, the first one minute of this conversation. Great. We well, might as well stop now. Okay, well. I did want to say. You had fun this weekend. I did not. Yeah, I did have fun this weekend, you know. But this is my Rebecca Be- Rebecca Black Friday night. Oh, Thank you so much. Wow. Well, so you're fired up, huh? This is literally my Monday night, mm-hmm. and it's late. It's late as hell, mm-hmm. and it's Monday night. Yeah. And here I am yeah. on Green and Lewis. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Um, I did want to say I've got some chuck on the table. You said it was never going to happen. I know. You said it was home. never going to grace your table, and here it is. We have what is it? The glorious Charles Shaw. Red blend. Red blend. Red blend. Not even <coughs> a particular varietal of grape. No, because here's my problem these days, is I used to get the Two Buck Chuck Cab Sav. Too hot for something. I don't really like those anymore. No. So I was trying to go through the selection, and I was like, okay, so my options are the Cab Sav, the Merlot, or the Red Blend. They don't have a Pinot Noir anymore? I don't think so. That was always pretty decent. I probably would have gotten that. Can't really fuck that up. I think they had a Shiraz, maybe, but I didn't want that either. Mm, it could go either way. So I thought, you know what? I'm rolling the dice on the red blend. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty clear. Like, it's not well, I, very I dark. Well, I put three quarters of seltzer in Oh, that. shit. Okay, well, So Because I took one sip of it while, you were, while I was spacing out while you were talking. Great, thank you. And then I thought, no, 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 no. It has the juiciness that I'm looking for, but like, it's like you want a real strawberry and instead you have a warhead. No, you know, you know. Oh, that's kind of how I would describe Ooh, the the expectations rough. versus reality. It's not that bad, but it's it's it might be, have to open up a little bit. It's going to be better watered down anyway. Well, you know, this is how the Romans and the Greeks used to do it at their symposiums. They always drank wine with water before they started fucking each other. Yes. Hmm. Did you know? I learned about this. I think I mentioned this a few episodes back when we were talking about Sparta and Athens. But mm-hmm. I was on the Wikipedia page for pederasty in ancient Greece. Just gonna take my glasses off now. I think okay. that word has come to have a negative connotation, but it didn't back then. It was just mentoring, okay. But you know what I didn't know is that they didn't actually have uh, guy on guy penetrative sex. Did you know that they did it? They they did thigh jobs, which I didn't even know was a thing. I guess I'm not that creative, but uh, yeah, it was it was still considered gay. It was too gay. To have anal sex with a man or a boy. I don't think so. So you didn't do that. Mm. What you did instead was put your Johnson between his thighs. And you just chub rubbed? And do it that way. And that was considered not neither gay nor straight, but definitely not gay, bro. That's that's gayer. It seems like it. Because then there's going to be like a mess all over it. Like it's full 
for lack of a better word, this is disgusting that I'm even saying this. That's a cream pie immediately. <laughs> you know, like that's a glazed donut. Oh, you know, no. like yeah. if it's in, then, you know, you say, oh, boy, that's like putting mayonnaise on your hot dog. Kind of. The thighs being well, the, bun. on the buns. Yeah, yeah. It's, on, it's in the buns. It's all on the buns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mm, maybe not great. Well, thank you for that contribution. Um, there are very comedic illustrations of this, like on Greek pottery and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks very silly. Well, they're always like, you know, lifting a dude like halfway in the air and like, there's like, you know, a schwanz. Yeah. You know, happening. Well, my point is, I guess we're on our way to that, given that I've watered down my wine for this night episode. Ew, gross. No, we're having you. a late night symposium where we're Ugh. going to discuss literal hard pass ideas. No, thank you. <laughs> no. Um, there's, I'll keep it in the base before we go to highfalutin ideas. There is this like genre of like psychotic, you know, Twitter TikTok where it's like there's nothing more like you know nothing. B- a greater build of testosterone than just being naked in the presence of, you know, your best bros, you know, ding dong. So it's like dudes on like a nude beach, just like hog out. What part of Twitter is this a thing on gay Twitter? I don't know. I don't know. Is it straight Twitter? I feel like it's like a hybrid of like the like rise and grind, but it's like rise and grinder, you know? Oh, nice title of that. Where it's like, you know, like, oh, it's just dudes hanging out being bros, but like, gay. Yeah, well, there is but, a lot but of. But they're not going to say that it's gay. It's true, no homo, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's homosociality. Harkening back to the days of the it's Greeks. A little more than that, gotta say. You know, well, you know, I, ha- I have to have this conversation all the time because nobody believes me that bros nap together. This is a well-known is fact. A yes, it is. It's represented on Friends, um, famously. Ross gets the best sleep of his life, uh, I believe, sleeping on Joey. But I believe all three of the bros indulge in this at different times. But yeah, I've I've done that with my bros, you know? Yeah. And it feels great. That's gross. As well as naked hot tub and lots of other things. <sighs> so I'm kind of sympathetic to this, although I don't feel the need to post about it. And I don't think, like, invoking the Johnson is necessarily what anybody's in it for. But there is something primal about... uh sharing intimate moments with your bros. The frown on my face only gets deeper <laughs> as the the more you talk. Well, I felt like I couldn't stop talking <laughs> because it was really intimidating. Oh god. Ew. Nobody no. likes this, but it is a, it is a reality. I don't think know? it is. And I'm going to stand by it. Yes I don't, it is. I don't nap with, you know, anyone. <laughs> well, I nap with one person and that's just me going you know, well, yeah, I was going to say snoring it, loudly. It's a little bit noisy to have other people involved in your nap time. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It's not a quiet. No, it's not a serene moment. I mean, it know? is a deep sleep for me, but like you know, not for anyone else involved. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Man, anyway. have you noticed your Instagram ads getting progressively scammier? Like, mm. I feel like the ads I get are for like made-for-TV style products now. I got I got one for a thing called Nude N O O D. Is that the ball zapper? Which is like a light based dehairing system. Yeah, the ball zapper. Yes. I know for sure without ever experiencing it that that does not work. There's no fucking way. There's no, no way. And then I started getting supplement ads as a substitute for Vivance. The fuck is Vivance? I'm not super familiar with rate. Vivance, although I've heard about it before. It's like a girl drug. It's like a stimulant, you know. 
People say it's for ADHD, but that's not really what it's for. It's just to abuse a stimulant via prescription. Um, and apparently, I think Vyvanse is short right now, or they're not doling out the prescriptions like they used to. Oh, yeah, it's got meth in it. In the heyday. Yeah. So now people are resorting to like, you know, Joe Rogan style supplements, but for ladies. Oh it's God. really weird. These ads are getting weirder and weirder and reaching and reaching. There was one day where I got back to back to back, like, you know, those games where you have to go through the slaloms and you add your people. Yes. And I was like, that was six in a row. I don't know what the ad buy was and how they have so much money is the real question. I'm like, what is this? This is literally just a credit card stealing scam, so I'm not 100% sure what this is. Right. They must like, be effective. I mean, I don't know either. It's, it's a genuine mystery to me where those type of games get all the money to do what they do. Maybe it costs no money to do it. I don't know. Either way, it's just me screaming, why would you do that? Why would you go there? Why would you go through that one? Are you a moron? Uh, well, do you, you stop and look at it then. Yeah. That's I why you're so. getting six in a row. That's the trap I fall into, too, because I, I feel like there's a whole strain of advertising now, which is just predicated on the on the idea that if it's weird enough, people will stop and look at it, which is all it takes to get them... To fuck the algorithm up. Yeah, to surface more of these ads. You know, for example, Re gets all these really fucked up ads. Have I told you about these before? Mm-mm. They're four games for mobile games, but the ads are things like... It's a woman, and she's she's feeling bad about herself and looking disheveled, so she'll, like, pee herself, and then someone will, like, slap oh, her yeah, across yeah, yeah, the yeah. face. And then buzz they're, her hair. Yeah, yes. Those are, those are fun. And I, says, I like watching those. Those are funny. Oh, they're, they're really weird and bizarre, but it's like, oh, this is like a makeover game. Yeah. But then you go and get the game, and it's basically just a reskinned Candy Crush. Yes, correct. Why, why are they doing that? I, don't I cannot understand this. I don't know what is getting downloaded in your phone. I'm sure there's probably a lot of permissions that are like on that just like tracks a bunch of shit. You so think it's, it's just, just like, like data harvesting yeah. from you? Yeah, it must be something like that. But I want like an investigative journalist to get to the bottom of this and figure out who is responsible for this, why this is their like advertising strategy. Because it sticks know. in your mind. It does. It's like watching that Jordan Wolfson VR thing from the Whitney where like a homeless man gets beat to death. Mm-mm. You're like, I don't like this, but I do remember it. Yeah. You know? It, Whatever it happened to him? Definitely works. I don't know. He I think fell he's, off. I think he's still around. I haven't heard anything about him in a I while. think people like that stuff. but He's just too rich and doesn't have to do anything, so he does it when he wants to. Mm, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure he's selling stuff. He's probably selling NFTs still. Ooh. Or prints of them or something. Ooh. You know, this is what... Even worse. This is what where all art ends up. In the junk drawer of digital files. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was ba- watching a bitchy YouTube review video the other day, and they described somebody as looking like a bisexual NFT. I thought that was very funny. And that does describe a certain type of guy. They all live in the East Village. Yes, definitely. Do you know about the East Villains? <laughs> no, is this a street gang? It's a street gang of like... You know, what we would call, like, in the 90s, metrosexual men. Okay. But they look, like, dirty. Like, you know, it's, like, peak uh, indie sleaze. Where it's, like, you know that they have money because they have the cheekbones of, like, Connecticut. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But they're all, like, too tan. And you're, like, what's going on there? Um, Like, cut off black t-shirts. And, like, hey. Like, they would be bros, but they look dirty. Now, do they self-identify as the East villains? Or yes. is this a thing? That... It was a thing in the cut. It was, like, a whole, like. Wow. And it's just about them trying to smash. Yeah, I was going to say, it's very reminiscent of the Pussy Posse. Yes. You know, Leo and Peter Parker and all those people. But, like, for TikTok. Right, exactly. And they're, like, not hot. Hmm. That's the part. I'm like, ladies, you like this? Like, what, 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 the fuck? Well, unfortunately, ladies do be liking that. And there's just nothing they can do about it, Nobody got taste anymore. I like to call them the dirty boys. 
there's there's a lot of dirty boys. There's a lot of dirty boys in every lady's past, and <laughs> they're they're proud of them sometimes, and most of the time they're not. But mm. they are out there, and for whatever reason, you know, you throw on a band T-shirt that's a little bit ripped, and yeah, you, you know, they can't get enough. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I've said it many times that I think musicians are the worst. I think music is stupid, and I think people okay, that play pushing. it should quit. Okay, that's a little too A much. world that was silent would be a better place. Wow. I respect the silence. That's the foundation of creativity. Wow. Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You are the devil. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, in my fascist dictatorship, we would outlaw music. You have to listen to informational content. Oh, God. Only audiobooks and podcasts. What are you doing for athletic time no you have to listen to pods oh no no you absolutely must i will overthrow this government immediately oh wow okay you want me to go fucking running to listening to like i would love to know yeah i would love to know what your uh gay fascist dictatorship would be like that would be an interesting place to live it'd be well it'd be like feel like these have already existed before Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mussolini had an idea you know trains were running on time well, like, you know, if we're speeding along, you know, like everything would just be faster. We'd be like, what? No, no, you don't have time to hem and haw. You got to keep it pumping. You know, you know what I learned at one point? I'm sure I've told you this before. I said it on the podcast. You know that 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 was always meant ironically by the people that said it, even inside of Italy. Oh, the trains. Didn't the run joke was that the, it wasn't any better than it was before, oh, well. you know, and and translating from the Italian people didn't get the irony. Mm. So it kind of stuck around as this myth. But no, it wasn't so great. Put some gays in charge. Those trains will be real fast. Oh, someone fell in. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Keep it, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. There'd no, probably we... be childless cars, I would imagine. You know how they do that on airplanes sometimes? They like, do? I, think they're, I, I don't no. think they do it anymore because the economy bad. Uh, yeah. But there was a point in time where they were experimenting with doing no child flights. Which... I would pay... 200 extra dollars for that. I think a lot of people back, back when they were trying that a few years ago did huh. do that. But it must not have been successful enough. I mean, a lot of a lot of money runs on families. You can't really systematically exclude them from things. I know. Yeah. A lot of the economy is just like uh, kids go through consumables, so uh, at yeah, yep. high rate, and it's just like, mm, well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big yep. diaper, which is terrible. Get the cloth diapers, you know. Well, hey, not everybody's got a washing machine, man. What are you going to do? There's services. You just put them in a little bag, and then they pick it up, and they take your shitty diapers away. Oh, that's... And then they give you a bag of new ones. That's kind of nice. That's a very uh, modern-day neoliberal solution to things. No, Just make, is... like, a Guatemalan person do it. No, I think this has ex- existed for, like, 40 years, if oh. not longer. Yeah, In New York, probably, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I saw a thing that was, like, men, on average, spend $160 on clothes a year, and women spend 400 and I was like, Where? Where? Where is this? Not New York. This is just like, you know, the average in America. And I was like, huh? No. Oh, yeah. No yeah. fucking way. Well, you know, you have to remember that averages are, you know, mostly defined by people at either end of the curve. And I think the right. median income in this country is like $55,000 for a family of four. So, mm. yes, there's yeah. probably a lot of people. And, and I am definitely in that contingent of men that spends right around that $100 a year mark. I think my most expensive things are shoes, and I go on Amazon and I sort by disused colorways, lowest to highest, <laughs> and then I decide what I'm going to have. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no. 
Why do you you think that uh, in New York, let's say, the average person definitely spends more? The average man definitely spends more than four hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month, yeah, or not a month, a year. A year, on yeah. Clothes. I mean, like a pair I of did pants find, is at least eighty five dollars. I did find that figure shocking, shockingly low. Yeah, even by like the the standards of the even pores. if you're just buying Target shit. Yes, that's over three hundred dollars if you're buying three pairs of pants a year. Right, but you know, I, I think a lot of people don't buy more than three pairs of pants a year. I don't buy more than three pan- pairs of pants a year. I buy about three pa- pairs of pants a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple of them ride into the next year. Mm. You know? And if you can have a lean year where you only need to buy one pair of pants because the crotch finally gave way, you have more money to spend on other things. Like antique postcards on eBay. Okay. Well, you know? Did you get any feedback about that episode at all or no? No, not no, really. No one mad? I don't think it's, I don't think it's a very controversial thing. Mm. Hence why the spurg out was so weird. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think most people basically get it, it, you know, that it's okay. That you're not going to do anything like, you know, hail Japan. No, and that, yeah. and that by collecting them, it, it obviously does not represent any ill will. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know? Mm. So, no, I didn't get any feedback about it. Everybody I've uh, I've told about, nobody actually has contacted me about that episode in particular, mm. but any, anybody I've told about that incident sort of immediately like oh was like that oh, happened that's, that's weird, weird. Yeah. Mm. you know and i always felt sort of guilty about like deleting the comments and and blocking that person but they were all like yeah fuck it you don't want that around forever and fuck that person sort mm. of like oh yeah okay that was mm, the right fair. call that's yeah. fine you know mm. yeah wow you know i uh, speaking of more japanese stuff in my life <laughs> okay i bought my knife did saw, you see I my post picture, yeah yeah you know i i'd been getting a lot of recommendations this is my uh sujihiki my uh, sort of a hybrid Western Your real and one, Japanese it's not a style or a knife. Scam. Yes, this is a real one. I actually went to the store. Have you ever heard of Corin? It's a pretty famous place. I, Where? I definitely. Um, gosh, it's like in Tribeca, but kind of close to uh, Canal Street. I forget exactly which street it was on. I want to say Warren, but I can't remember. Mm. Uh, maybe. Um, well, I got the recommendation because I'd been talking to a friend of the show, Ben, mm-hmm. expert chef, and uh, that place specializes uh, only in Japanese knives mm-hmm. and in uh, tableware of all sorts. Ooh. So it's a beautiful showroom. Ooh, fuck me up with the tableware, please. I think they're mostly an online establishment because they are world famous. They've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And when I was in there, the clientele in there were only restaurant owners. I could tell um, by the conversations that they were having that most people they're buying a lot. are pros that are buying a lot of stuff. Um, or they're, you know, if they're not the owner, they're a chef yeah. buying something very high end. So I bought basically like the lowest end the of this style yeah. of knife um, because the recommendation I was given that I wanted, I could afford, but it was a waiting game on eBay. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're so limited in their production runs that they're sold out everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And you can get them from Japan on eBay every once in a while, but you have to sit there and wait because there's so many different varieties of steel and sizes and styles that to get the precise one you're looking for, it might just take months. Yeah. And then if you lose the auction, you're SOL. Yeah. Because they all sell. I went through this process a couple of times before I finally gave in and was like, I can't get this one. The brand is Ashi, by the way. Mm. They're beautiful. So I went to Corin after doing a little research, and I essentially bought what is their house brand. Mm. It's called a Togaharu, but they uh, have a relationship with many different knife manufacturers, and I think what they do is 
get their uh, runoff or oh, like extra their seconds. extra stock or yeah. their seconds or whatever, and then rebrand it as their house brand. Oh, Hard. that's not bad. So I did this kind of impulsively. I just was like, look, I, I'm tired of waiting. I can't sit here on eBay and wait for this knife. I need like something that actually works. I, I realized that they had this like discount model that was the right you know size and shape. How much was it? It was a little over two hundred. Mm. Um, the the one, the Ashi model was closer to three hundred, but you know, at the right time I probably could have got it for two fifty, two seventy, something yeah. like that. So it wasn't it wasn't that much cheaper than the one that I wanted. And I mean, these you can get knives like this that are a thousand dollars, right? So the the range is pretty wide, but you can also get knives like this that are seventy dollars that are not worth having. Yeah. Um. But nonetheless, you know, this one is made in Japan. It's um, it's a type of stainless steel. It's not true stainless in the sense that, you know, you could wash it in a dishwasher or whatever. It's not like, like a Damascus. No, 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 no. It will, like, corrode. You need to dry it immediately, things mm-hmm. like that. And the reason for wanting that type of stainless versus another type is just that uh, actual stainless steel is really hard to sharpen, I learned. And these uh, knives have a special kind of bevel on them. It's called seventy thirty, so they're uh, only made for one uh, type of user in terms of left hand, right hand. Oh, and one side of the bevel is like a is a different angle. That's the seventy side, and the other the thirty side is a uh, more acute angle. Mm-hmm. So that when you're slicing with your right hand, really you're only using one edge, and the right. back edge is just there for easier sharpening. But th- this this type of edge is high maintenance so you want a type of steel that's easier to sharpen as opposed to a type of steel that is more durable right um because all western knives are 50 50 do you have a whetstone now i don't but i'm gonna get one i I figure i don't need that right away or need it for a while i only use this knife once a week at most right for what it's made for you have a honing thing though, and then wash it off i don't know oh i gotta get a honing thing yeah, I mean, I need to get all this stuff. I need to get a better, bigger cutting board because with such a long knife, the knife's ten and a half inches long. Using like Ladies. a standard home, mm, <laughs> uh, standard home cutting board is not the most ergonomic. Do you have a wooden cutting use block? of it? No, but you actually don't want one really? for these type of knives. They tend to dull them. You actually want just a special uh, soft plastic one. Oh, but oh. a big one. Um, you know, and it's made of like a special self-healing plastic that's easy to clean. Oh, like okay. It doesn't like get the sil- like ridges in it that a cheap cutting board gets. Like it's something just, with like a silicone coating or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it remains yeah. flat and it's not, it's easy on the knife. Mm. But I'm really excited about it. I used it once, and my big takeaway was, wow, I thought just like a n- brand new long sharp knife would solve all my problems, but it does not. There's a lot of technique, yeah, still to it that I thought I was like, oh. You know, I'm already so good at the technique. By the time I get the right knife, I'll be perfect at this. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Actually, no. no. I have a lot to learn. No. When we did uh, build your own hand roll moment, it was like, oh, yeah, that one's a little uh, little fucked up. Oh, that one's a good one. Oh, that one's a little fucked up. Oh, that one's a good one. Oh, that one's a little fucked up. I was like, okay. What type of knife were you using? You, did you do that here? Or no, no, no. Does, it was uh, some kind of fucked up Ikea knife from hell. I was going to say, was it sharp even? Debatable. Okay. Yeah. The, the The whole problem is that it tears the flesh of the fish. Like yeah. an improperly uh, long or dull knife will so do So one that. of them maybe wasn't fully thawed all the way, and we were cutting through some uh, some cold parts. Oh, that's not great either. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But you know, for hand rolls, it, who cares? It it's doesn't. Fine. It really doesn't matter like at all. You're supposed to mince that shit up anyway, for the most part. Oh no 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 no! Because it was like flop your two pieces of fish, roll it into a cone. Nom 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 nom. You know. Yeah, of course you can do it that way as well. But what I'm saying is, traditionally, the offcuts from nigiri and actual sushi are what is in hand like rolls. A, like a fuck up, fucked up little maki roll situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because the, you know you start with like a block, mm -hmm. but you have to cut everything on a diagonal to cut against the grain of the fish and stuff. So oh. uh, that's a very important. I didn't. Know oh, so that. we shouldn't have. I mean, we just cut those into little like nubs. No, so the lines in the fish, the sinew lines, mm -hmm. you want to cut across them like an X shape. If you cut with them, um, you're just going to tear it. And if you just cut across them, it's it's also going to tear it. But if, if you cut against them, um, your the force of your knife is kind of going with. Yeah, we were doing little diagonals. The tension in the fish. But then over time, you just get to the end, and you're like, oh, that's a little bit Yeah, more yeah, I do that, oopsies. too. I start yeah. to stand it up just to get more out of a small block, yeah. usually. But yeah, but those uh, uh, what I mean by offcuts is that the beginning few cuts are too small to really use for anything. Right, yeah. So those would go in a roll, and the end few cuts are too small hmm. for anything. You use those for other stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about it. Progress updates to come. I really want to go back to Corin, though. I highly recommend that everybody go there. If you're looking for any type of Japanese tableware or uh, supplies at all, hmm. like I'm definitely going to get my cutting board from there. That's how I learned about it, actually. The recommendation that I got from Ben was to get the cutting board from there. And then I looked at their knife selection and what? thought this Ooh, is yeah. fantastic. And and I love it because it's you know it's an old it was an old classic New York experience too. I was like, ooh, look at this a specialty store that probably doesn't exist anywhere but here in L.A. and maybe San Francisco. Like where are their Japanese? Probably people? not even Seattle. LA. Yeah, you know, like this is great. This Definitely has been around Francisco, for like yeah. almost a hundred years. It's just like kind of a classic family business. It's all like pros that come here. Yeah. It's a well-kept secret, kind of, you know? Mm. I really don't think anybody outside the industry would know about it. I mean, the... the People who live in Tribeca probably are like, oh, no, we'll buy our knives from there. We'll use them twice a year. You know what? That's absolutely true, because aside from the obvious professionals in there, there was one rich white woman. Of course. Who I could tell was just like, I need something for a dinner party, and went in and spent like $1,500 uh -huh. on two different things. Yeah, duh. And then went home and said, Suela, use this, you know? Yeah. So you're you're right about that 100%. But I liked it as a physical shopping experience. I haven't done a physical shopping experience in a while. I've been all eBay all the time oh, and yeah, all yeah. Amazon all the time. And it is nice every once in a while to set foot in a place. Yeah, it's fun. I got to demonstrate my skills to... Because the other thing I can highly recommend about Corin is the uh, customer service there is fantastic. There's enough staff that you work like one-on-one -on -one with somebody. When you walk in, they greet you and they're like, how can I help you? And, mm -hmm. you're, and you're like, I'm here for... Such and such. That's and, just high-end shit. And they're like, let me show you. And they mm -hmm. bring the display one out of the case, and they're like, please examine it. And I'm like, okay. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. yeah. And and then they bring you, when you decide that you want it, they bring you um, your specific one from behind the counter, and they ask you to examine it again. It's mm -hmm. like tasting wine or whatever, mm -hmm. where they're like, if at any point you don't like it or you see a flaw, we'll get another one. We'll figure this out. Mm -hmm. They try to walk you through all the different styles and stuff, but... I was very impressive to my service person because I'd done the research ahead of time. Mm. She was like, you know all the words. Because I knew all the like different types of knives. And you know, she's like, what do you do? You just do this at home? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I, th I think that's kind of rare. That's rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you, that's like, oh, we have, that's how they know like, they're probably going to get you for you know, a lifetime of buying. 
Oh yeah, and I did you say know. like I I will be back. Like this was yeah very pleasant. I liked this. You I know? mean that's the joy of like going to nice places for nice things. And sometimes it's a little like I feel like you know an imposter. Yeah, oh totally. Like when I'm you know being flagrant in Bloomingdale's and like smelling testers, they're like, "What can I? What can I assist you with?" And I'm like, "I don't even know where to start." So like, just give me like five. I'll holler if I need you. And You're then, like Ron Swanson in the Home Depot. Yeah, I'm like... Mm. I know more about this than you. But I don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. my thing is, like, I know enough. But I'm also just like, I don't want to be sold to because I know I'm susceptible. And I don't have the money to be susceptible. I have the money to get my one nice thing. I don't need six. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. And I could, I would be like, okay, fine, throw it on. You know, like, because I'm also that person who's like, if you help me, I know how, I know what it's like. I'll buy the extra thing because I know it helps you. Yeah, yeah. So, like, sure, but I'm, you know, like when I was buying glasses and was like, wee! Had three pairs, and then they're like, 500. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You told me it was three. (laughs) So let's knock that shit down because I'm not paying extra. We're using this FSA money, and I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge here, okay? And she's like, oh, that's fine. I don't blame you. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what's nice about the higher end experience is like they're not actually really trying to sell you. I mean, if they sell one knife to you, that's enough. They're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're, they're not like they're not sleazy at all. No. It's just like, oh, OK. Like, you know what you want. You know what you're talking about. I'll guide you through this. If you have any questions, let me know. You know, but it, it, it's it's all very pleasant and not pushy. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. My thing lately has been like, all you got to do is just be like, oh, you like that? OK. Just one. We doing another color. Or what are we doing? We stocking up? No? All right, fine. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I care a lot, but you know meh. No, but you know, you don't you don't want the customer to feel pressed in any way. No, I really, I I really hate, resent I that, that experience. No, no, no. I that is not fun, especially when you're like, you know, having a treat day and then you're like, ooh, I'm feeling pushed upon or pressed upon. You're like, No, no, no. You're impeding on the treating myself. Because now I'm treating you by giving you commission or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even like it when four days later Amazon sends you an email to like, remember to rate your transaction. I'm like, no, I will not be rating my transaction of buying an extension cord. There's nothing to rate. Yeah. The product arrived, you know, period. What am I supposed to say about this? Like, Greatest extension cord ever. Yeah, don't even like come at me with that. I don't want to know. Although, actually, I did find some pretty good extension cords. Home extension cords now have like full power strips on the end that have like usb Mm -hmm. stuff and like multiple different outlets and on and off switch and all that stuff but you can get like 20 foot ones it's amazing yeah because i i i'm still of like this archaic idea that you have to buy an extension cord and then buy a power strip if you want to run power somewhere Mm. absolutely not true anymore you can buy full extension cords that have the power strip thing on them and like a little it's great and you wall mount them usb i did a bunch of cord management the other day because Mm. you know ever since moving in cords have been um, way on the back burner Mm. and we are in a railroad apartment with a not so generous outlet situation Ah. so you know, even just lighting a room can be kind of difficult when you only have one outlet in Ooh, a really inopportune no. yeah. place, you yeah. know? Yeah. So when I discovered 20-foot extension cords with full bricks on the end that wall mount nicely and look like they already belong there, mm. I was very, very happy and can highly recommend that. Mm. So maybe I should rate my transaction on Amazon. Sorry, Jeff Bezos. Did not mean to impugn your intentions. 
I don't think Jeffy gives a shit. You were virtuous after all. I don't know about that. I was going to ask you to install an outlet with USB charger in it. Oh, I can do that. Next up on my list is installing dimmers on a bunch of our big lights. That's nice. I'm fighting the perpetual war of the big lights versus the small lights people. Big lights are terrible. And dimmer has been an acceptable compromise in a lot of cases. Depends on what the fixture looks like. Well, we have a chandelier in one room that we... That needs to be on a dimmer. That can't be full blast. Exactly. Well, that I agree. I acquiesce to that immediately. It's in our bedroom, too. So it's like you never need big light in there. No! You know. Um, And it's quite a pretty thing. You should see it. It's it's actually... A chandelier sounds incredibly ostentatious. Is it a fixture? No, it's a, it's original to the building. No. It's but it's like a mini chandelier. It's probably only like 20 inches in diameter, but it still has like three or four layers of crystals. Oh. And when we moved in it was really filthy, but to her credit, Re got up there and cleaned the damn thing and it looks really nice oh, so now. It's a, yeah, a lot of times they yellow in a weird way and you're the, like Ugh. all the crystals had looked like they yellowed, but it was just like accumulated just grease smoke. and dust yeah. and if you wa- sit up there and wash them individually one by one, they're crystal clear now. And it's on its, like, original iron fixture with all this, like, um, sort of etched-in detail. Hmm. And even the area around the uh, top of the fixture is, like, these uh, now-painted-over, like, plastered reliefs of, like, angels. It's really cool. It looks good. Hmm. Um, But, yeah, I want to get that on a dimmer, obviously. But the other rooms, you know, it's difficult to light a room when you take outlets into consideration. It's kind of tough. You got to start, you know, weighing your options and figuring there out is, what you can do. I mean, there's a knockoff Serge Moulier, um fixture that's like maybe two fifty. That's really nice because you can kind of aim it, and it's a, you know, it's a kind of like a gooseneck hooded bulb, hmm. so you can aim it at a wall, like, and they can be separate walls. So it doesn't feel like big light filling whole space. It's like cast into directions. Yeah, I see what you're saying. See, the thing is, I, I don't. Our our uh, big light fixtures are very neutral, just like bubbles. You know, small bubbles. Oh, you got those nips. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're but they're they're fine actually. Like I like the way they look. They're really uh, uh, don't intrude on anything in the room. Yeah. I don't want new light fixtures. What I want is lamp situations oh, that yeah. will work out. But we're having difficulty because like I don't like any floor lamps. Neither does she. You know, standing lamps. Like we could have one in this one zone, but eh, I just don't like the idea of it. You know, they're like a '60s big arc lamp. No, it's really hard to find ones that aren't um, too expensive or don't look like they belong in a dorm. Oh, you don't want a Medusa? The challenge is they're all dorm-like. Not the, mm, not those 60s huge arcs. Yeah, Ooh, but baby. even still, it's like, I'm not big on taking up floor space. It doesn't. It takes up some, and I don't like it. No, you put it behind a piece of furniture, and then it arcs over. Yeah, I know, I know. I, ideally, maybe, but it's not working out. And so, uh, table lamps are fine, but again, power sources. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. you got to yeah. figure all that stuff out. It's a, it's a lot of back and forth with logistics. There, mm, I guess this is going to be a problem if you don't have outlets, but uh, there's a sample sale on right now that is light fixtures, and I was like, ooh, baby, Papa might have to spend some money. Because hmm. it's, it's 70% off of, like, beautiful Italian fixtures, so it's like an orb on a stand, and I was like, oh, that's gorgeous. Oh. That's only $190. 
Yeah, see, well, already already we're running into money, even at the discount rate. Yeah, but it's better than a Target lamp from, you know, 2007. Yeah. I mean, the one you just pointed to is like, I would never have guessed that that was a Target lamp. I know. It's not bad. I know. It's a, it's not a bad lamp. <laughs> it's the, not the worst lamp in the world. The thing that I'm trying to get across to the misses is just that, you know, just patience. Just have patience because you can accumulate these things over time. And yeah. temporary lighting situations, and by temporary, I mean even if it's there for a year or two or three, right. yeah. eventually you'll find the thing that you like serendipitously, mm-hmm. and you'll be so much happier with it than wasting $200 on something you 75% like and right. then finding the thing you actually like later. Just wait. You also have to ABL. What does that mean? Always be looking. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is why, you know, like, you know, if I'm ever somewhere and I'm like, I have to break over here. Hold, please. Because then, A, you might find it, especially if it's, like, old shit. Yeah. You're like, you never know. But you also could do the thing of, like, I clearly can't afford that, but I now know what I'm, I can look for for a knockoff version that's close enough. Well, right, exactly. And yeah. I'll be fine if it's something stupid. Totally. Know, whatever, who cares? I'm also into the idea of just rotating things in and out. This this dovetails, I think, with ABL because it's like, you know, you get something that is cooler than what you could have bought on Wayfair that you're not 100% on, and then two years later you find something better and you just get rid of that other one. Or you find a Wayfair that's a really good dupe and you go, you know what, it's not bad. Or, no you know. know, you run things in the house in sort of cycles. So let's say you have five lamps in the house total, mm-hmm. right? You have you're gonna have your favorite and then your least favorite lamp. Mm-hmm. Always stay at five lamps, but when you get a new one, number five gets kicked out the door and you rotate them around yeah. or whatever. Like I wouldn't be sad if I had to throw out an IKEA like, you know, Pixar lamp. No, nobody ever However, feels bad about that. Super useful if you need to somehow install a light somewhere. Yeah, there you go. Whatever, fuck Z- it. Exactly. Yep. I have one that I need to kill, but sentimental. I go, oh, you've been with me for so long. Mm. By the way, two weekends ago, speaking of ABL, I saw Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross for the first time. Have you ever seen that movie? Sounds ABL I- is, in a sideways way, a reference to it. There's the famous... Sounds se- Irish. I'm in. Oh, it's it's amazing. I think you would like it. It's uh, it's based on a play that got, yeah. uh, by David Mamet. Yeah. Um, but there's the iconic scene where Alec Baldwin comes in to set all the salesmen straight. It's a salesman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about a bunch of washed up guys that are not doing so well that get a kick in the ass from the higher ups. Mm. And then it turns into kind of like a crime story at the end. But Alec Baldwin comes in and it's the always be closing speech. Oh, ABC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anytime you hear always be whatever. Yeah. Well, it's a reference always to that. Be cl- ABL is always be closing. But you, know, you don't know about always be closing shit. Come on. Well, it's from, I mean, it's from that play slash movie. Yeah. I knew about it, yeah, sure. But i just never seen the primary source material, and mm-hmm. I really, really liked it. You're a good husband, a good father. Fuck you. Always be closing. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing, too, because the whole movie's just dialogue. And, like, that scene with Alec Baldwin is, like, a straight-up just 15-minute monologue. It's, it's an amazing performance when he was in his prime, too. Oh, yeah. Before he became, like, he was always kind Jack of a Donahue. joke, but yeah, before yeah. he became Jack Donahue. Which I think is also like a good, like, I know who I am. Yeah. You know, self-aware thing. And the cast is stellar, by the way. Kevin Spacey. Eat. Uh, Pacino. Mm. Ed Harris. Mm. Uh, Jack Lemon, mm. And the other guy I can't remember, but he's a well-known character actor that you've seen in a lot of things. So we got one pederast and one murderer. 
Did he murder somebody? Alec Baldwin shot that person. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. to that cinematographer. He's, is he getting off scot-free on that Unknown. one? Unknown. I think so. There's probably a civil well, the case. The armor. Well, yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah. You know. But, hey. But, yeah. yeah. Good movie. Can recommend. I mean, yeah. I, mm, I don't necessarily want to watch a movie about sales when you live that every day. You're like, I really. No, I feel like you need to watch it. I mean, I you give, need those Glengarry leads just as bad as they do. I give my own, you know, hype speeches on a day, uh, you know, more and more on the on the regular. Um, I use a lot of mechanical metaphors. Uh huh. You know, gears moving, like you know, everything is a watch. Yeah, sure. You know, a fine Swiss timepiece. Yeah, you don't you're want a dust real Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, send me to the fucking Mars and let me sit there for Christ's sake. <laughs> get some peace and quiet. That's where there's no music. You're going to get ch- trapped in the uh, radioactive shoe chamber. Honestly. And they'll they'll just be like, um, you know, like a, a, a glowing desert boot instead of your Johnson. <laughs> I just had to look down and go, what would that look like? And I know that very clearly, you know, both, actually both things very clearly, but I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Um yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, you should watch it. In a lot of ways you're analogous to the Alec Baldwin character, I think, but you're not rich. God. You're like the poor version of his character. Soon. Mhm. Mm. I made $900,000 last year. <gasps> How much did you make? I wish I had $900,000. I know, this was in the early 90s, too. Damn. That's a million and a half air. Back when that represented a lot more than it does now, yeah. Mhm. Yeah. There's plenty of people making $900,000 a year now. Really? Oh, sure. Yeah. There's some f- fucking tech monkey apparently, who sell Bitcoin. Yeah, apparently know. dinglings who, you know, do uh, influencer marketing make so much money that they hire their own recruiters and f- they find them jobs for them because they want, they make $250,000. And I'm like, you're 23. You don't need that much money. You literally don't need that much money. You, so you're saying influencers on TikTok? Or no, like something? someone who handles that, like someone who handles it, influencers. The marketing, uh-huh. you know, was like did a thing that was like, no, we're not applying for jobs anymore. I make a lot of money. I wanted to make more. I hired my own recruiter, and I'm like, that's a headhunter. First of all, that's different. But yeah, like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah, like she's like this person rewrote my resume and applied for jobs for me. Like headhunter, it's different. You all have never heard that word because you're young and dumb. Right, that's also just what like what an assistant does for you. I mean, you yeah, know, like a personal assistant you could also he- help you do that. Yeah, but you pay a headhunter to do this for a short amount of time. Sure. And they place you because yeah. they have they do all the networking so you don't have to. I don't know. I saw some kind of it really pissed me off to be honest. I I have no context for this. I have no idea what it's about, but it was on some like obscure Reddit community. They were like complaining about, you know, the service falling apart. And they were wondering why. And then there was all these like tweets from people inside the company that were like, my job is too demanding. Like, this is a shitty company to work for. And one of the tweets explained what they had to do as the social media manager and why they quit. And they were like, I had to make three TikToks a day, two Twitter posts, two Instagram posts, and coordinate all the next day's posts. And I was just overwhelmed. And I was like, bitch, like, you know, women on yachts do that for free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what Women do you on yachts with OnlyFans do that for, you know, 
Lots the idea that people yeah. getting paid six figures were overwhelmed by the idea of making six social media posts a day. It was like, that's your job. That's your only job. Like, in what sense is that demanding or difficult? So what I'm learning yeah. is that it's not, it's hard if you don't plan and you're kind of like feeling vibes out. Because again, people, when you're dealing with a, a certain kind of public, which influencers are still the public, their schedules are wild. They don't get back to you in time. So you're like, come on, I have a deadline, you motherfucker. You know, like, I get it. Like, that's hard. But if you plan ahead of time, you don't have to scramble. It doesn't have to be hard. Well, I get it. It's just that, like, any job that anybody has is going to revolve around trying to coordinate things with multiple parties that don't respond in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. And I get that maybe on social media you have to be more up to the moment. So if the moment passes, you have to, like, start from square one, Uh you know, if somebody doesn't reply to your email. But at the end of the day. Have a backup. It's plan. a fucking yeah. Instagram picture. Figure it out. You like can't get that together for a company or whatever. Like how many? And you know maybe that is a sign of a badly ran company. Like how many people does that type of thing really need to go through? It's it's incredible how much of our like just system is just busy work for things that people scroll past. No, it's camel making. Yeah, it's you. It's a lot of committees and a lot of horses, and horses are rare, and it's a shitload of camels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Welcome to northern Egypt, you know? Yeah. Camel City. <laughs> Camel City. <laughs> There's a lot of competitors for title of up here on this day. Yeah, take me back to the early 90s when it was truly Camel City, and there was Joe ads everywhere, and you mm. could smoke in places. I just watched an episode of Friends where smoking was legal in offices in Tulsa, Oklahoma, huh. as late as 2001. Wow. It gets Chandler smoking again. Oh. That's the whole thrust of the bit. Smoking what? Cigarettes. Hmm. Uh, oh, you're saying pole? Because they always call him gay? No, crack. Cocaine. Oh, Matthew Perry. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Um, the Japanese, Japanese uh, euphemism for starting your period is called the return of Matthew Perry. I don't understand it, and I won't respond. <laughs> It's hilarious because if you read it in terms of Chandler, it's extra funny, um, but it's actually about Commodore Matthew C. Perry, who was the uh, American that rode his gunboats into Nagasaki Harbor and said, you're not closed anymore. Not the Commodore Perry on Lake Erie, then. Well, that's that's also what uh, that's named after. That's a lot of red tide, too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> I don't like that euphemism at all. The return of Matthew Perry. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's a little complicated. That's a lot of, yeah. That requires a lot of knowledge. Yeah, it does. But I think that's probably a more well-known thing. It would be as if there was a period euphemism that revolved around Benjamin Franklin or George Washington. There's no exact, like, oh, American parallel. We're about to strike the key again? Like, Yeah. Mm. We've never been forcibly opened by another nation. But, you know. Ooh, not forcibly opened. Well, okay, Oof. you know, yeah, no no other nation has ever put us on the pinball machine. Excuse me? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Glasses off again. Round two. Oh, boy. <sighs> That's reserved for us and our military and our needs. Excuse? Anyways. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. <sighs> So what else is going on? 
What do you got swirling around that brain of yours? My brain's been, you know, real dumb. I've been trying to, you know, keep up with the crossword puzzle situation. Really failing miserably. Yeah, you keep mentioning the crossword puzzles. Is this like an act of discipline you're trying to do? Like every day you do it? Yeah, or? like a wind-down activity. You you try to do the daily New York Times crossword no, puzzle, time. I'm assuming. Washington Post, because they aggregate oh. it from everywhere. Oh, okay. okay. You, know, you know, they're not doing anything themselves. Yeah. Amazon, baby. Um, sometimes it's an LA Times one. Sometimes it's, you know, I don't think the New York Times ever shares. How does it go again? It, it's it's easier at the start of the week and gets progressively more mm-hmm. difficult until yeah. Sunday, right? So Sundays is always kind of fun, so it's very open, but they make sense. Saturdays is always a bitch. Really? Saturdays is never fun. You're like, I'm dumb. Fuck. And I, I, I don't know if it's based on like how much time they think people have to think about it. I think that probably has something to do with it. Maybe. I, I would Sundays imagine... Sundays is like, it's a thinker, but you could get there. I would imagine the Saturday crossword puzzle doesn't get a lot of play. I feel like that's for uh, the elderly and the lonely. Like, people have better things to do on a Saturday. I usually give up on the Saturday one. Sunday I get to is like 70% for waking like up and chilling on it, you know? Yeah. And kind of having that ruminate all day. But that's not what Saturday is for. Saturday, you're out and about. You're a man of the world. Mm. And nobody's got time to sit down and do the crossword, so... Mm. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like that wouldn't be a very popular one. On the weekdays, people are at work. So, yeah. you, you know, you're, they be you're quick. Yeah. time thieving yeah. and doing the crossword puzzle instead. Or on your commute. You know, it's for the it's for the train ride. Mm-hmm. I've never had a lot of success with crossword puzzles, I have to be honest. I have a, I have an in-depth trivia knowledge, Yeah, but uh, it doesn't work out for me. I can, I can get about 50% of the way on most crossword puzzles. you got to think of turns of phrases, which is why I like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Some of them are puns, and you're like, ooh. If you get the one pun, you're like, I can fucking figure this out, because now I'm ready. And you're like, wee! One was an animal-themed one, but oh. also walkie-talkie-themed. Animal-walkie-talkie hybrid. That's so tough. It was like Roger Rabbit. See, I'm not a very creative... Copycat. Yeah. I'm I was not like, a, yeah, I know all this shit! Whatever type of thinking that is, I can't do that. Oh. I'm too literal-minded for those type of things. Like, Yeah, you got to abstract it, it a little bit. Yeah, know? no. That's when I go, ooh, fun with words. But then there are times when I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And then I will hold on to it. And then this is what they didn't have back in the day is, you know, a little tappy tap. You can go check grid to see if you're right or wrong. That's cheating. You shouldn't be able to do that. Well, sometimes you're like, I'm clipping. And you're like, everything's wrong. And you're like, oops. No, the real the real 20th century commitment to the crossword puzzle is do the New York Times Sunday puzzle and do it in pen. Well, that's You the can't thing. be like, a pussy if you do it that way. Like my grandpa and my dad's side would do crossword every day or like have book or i don't know like pen only yes rarely ever got him wrong a true as far savage. as i know and yeah. i was like damn never w-. he's like pencil fuck no like only sometimes would he have to like cross out a thing and then just or change the shape of it to make it work yeah sure sure that was sure. rare and it was always clean as shit and i'm like you bitch wow you know how there's that meme of the guy that bowled a 300 on 9 11 I wish there was an equivalent thing for like the 85-year-old that wasn't watching TV and like finished that that crossword that day's crossword puzzle like at, all in pen perfectly like at 8:30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right right before right before the tower got hit. It's just clipping. This person yeah. was reveling. Uh, and then they saw a bunch of papers fly by the window oh and they went, boy. "Oh." It was a Tuesday one, so it was easy. Mm, that's true. Yeah. 
Back then, I bet they weren't so easy. What would be interesting is going back to crossword puzzles from probably pre-smartphone era. Mm. I guarantee you they're a lot harder. I mean, I would love to know who's cheating on a Monday one. You know, Googling shit and going like, that's hard. Well, I think a lot of people do this. I do it if I'm like, it's the last one. Or like, I'm so fucked in, in left field. I'm like, I, I, or it's a sports one and I'm like, I don't know sports. Oh, that's tough. So fuck yeah. it, you know. Um, but anyone who's like, no, oh, I think oh a lot God, of, I've got to Google it. I'm like, what are you just training Google? Like what the fuck are we doing? Well, I think a lot of people do do that. I think there's this addiction to just the ritual of doing it and getting it right. That is completely separate from being entertained by it or like wanting to better yourself through learning or like problem solving. I think a lot of people don't care about that element of it, which neutralizes its purpose. Right. But well, we we talked about like the last one or the one before about like, you know, feeling dumb or feeling like a little blank headed. Right? Yeah. Like and the origin of a crossword is a brain teaser. Right. Like it's to get you. It's you know, you can either wear you out and then you're like, oh, I'm done thinking or it makes, you know, sparks. Yeah. It's to keep the dementia away. Also that. Um, that's why when it's like, I just do the word, the word searches. I'm like, well, good luck. Um you know, I, I like the idea of a brain teaser to be like, you're not a fucking moron. You know, you can read. You can, you know, think of alliteration. Like, don't be a moron. Well, yeah, that's what it's good for. I mean, it exercises different parts of your brain. Right. Simply memorizing the trivia is not really going to help you that much. I mean, unless you're at like a bar trivia or something and your favorite subject comes up. I hate bar trivia. Then it might be fine to just like memorize it or whatever. Oh, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun, mm. but it's a very low-resolution game. You ever play it with a bunch of 60-year-olds? No. I think we and talked about this yeah, one when time. I go home and I have to play with the old people, yeah. and they're like, we know all the old shit, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. They're like, oh, we watched that on the black and white TV. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a gun like tailor- smoke category. Yeah, like tailored to them, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. I watched a couple episodes of Gunsmoke in Philly. A couple weekends ago, too. Hmm. And I kind of liked it. It was good. It reminded me of Star Trek. I was like, oh, okay, I get this show. Huh. These are just, you know... Morality plays. Simple morality plays in the guise of a Western. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it, but I almost made the mistake of being like, oh, you guys should watch Star Trek Deep Space Nine. There's an episode just like this called In the Pale Moonlight. Because, (laughs) Because we watched a, you know, we watched like a double cross espionage Mm-hmm. style episode of Gunsmoke and I was like oh yeah that's the Garrick character that oh, was that the Cisco. one where he's like ooh what's the lesser of two evils episode oh where he fakes some evidence and yes. plants it yeah yep mm-hmm. why do I know this exactly god yeah we don't nap together we just yeah watch Deep Space Nine and I take it you know <laughs> get the information uh Unfortunately, secondhand. these days I don't get to watch Star Trek anymore because I don't have Paramount Plus, and everything is siloed. You don't now have the Paramount away. Plus? No. Do you have it? No. Oh. If you get it though, I can watch Drag Race. Well, with the student loans starting up again, I'm trying to trim down on my subscription services. Not. You can have Hulu. Expand them. I already have Hulu. Turns out for free from somebody else. Oh. Yeah. You still have Natalie's Hulu. Uh no no it re rehas it from somebody else but we can't figure out how to log into it and neither one of us cares mm. so you Hulu's don't... not an attractive proposition I'm not going to pay a monthly fee for you to watch Drag Race damn it I think you can manage that on your own 
<sighs> Final You're rich now. You make more money than me, so That's you right. don't get to ask me for free things anymore. I get to mooch off of you again. Yeah, I have Hulu to give you <laughs> that I don't use, that I don't remember the password for. So, And it's actually under the Green and Lewis email because I wanted this, the 21-day free trial. Wow. And then I just kept paying for it. Wow, good idea to use the Green and Lewis for oh, a free yeah. trials. You want I'm going to start trials? doing yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Got to remember to cancel them though. Yeah, that's true. I set reminders on my phone to do that. Right now I have LinkedIn Premium because I got curious about who was looking at my profile uh, and then it turns out it was nobody interesting anyways. A lot of them are just trolls. It was a bummer. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are just like someone from the New York area and I'm like, "Wait, the whole purpose of this is that I get to see precisely who, but no, because those people are in incognito mode. I think you can like pay, yeah, pay to get yourself incognito mode. Yes, or whatever. Yeah. So mm. that, yeah, those are people paying forty dollars a month. Yeah. Well, anyway, show anyway, folks. This yeah. is uh, what the show has become. We're old now. Talking about We're who pays for LinkedIn Premium <laughs> and w- the difficulty of even Canceling just completing that a crossword puzzle. Ugh. Hi, do you like aging? Yeah. This is about aging now. I haven't seen any shows or done anything, so I don't know. Oh, I I forgot to update the audience an, on and just like that. I'm going to have to do that in the I watched show. that episode. You did? You watched the newest one? I was one? forced to watch it, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're just jumping in late in the season. That's the penultimate episode. I knew episode. enough. I knew enough. Okay. Aiden crying in the car looking like a bitch. Well, My a- son got drunk and drove it into a tree. Oh, wait a minute. Was That wasn't the most recent episode, yeah, was, was it? Oh, it was? Yeah, okay. the next one's I, they all the blur together probably for me. series finale because no one wants to watch this shit anymore. Well, I had this conversation the other day, and a lot of ladies seem to think that, oh, no, they're definitely doing a third season, probably a fourth. No. I'm not sure about that, though. I don't think so. It says season finale, but... No one likes this. We'll see. And I mean, Kim Cattrall must be coming back on the season finale, right? For one scene that she is with no one. Apparently, it's a phone call. Yes. Yeah. Where she is recorded on the phone. Yes. But she has to share no space with those bitches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good for her. She seems cool. She got $8 million for that. Really? For the phone call scene? For like five minutes that it would probably be. Secure the bag. That's amazing. And she got Pat Field to dress her. And only her. That's... Quite a high uh, rate of return. Good for Kim Cattrall. I hope you enjoy your second or third or fourth home. That'll be nice. Well, she's on another show that no one watches. Yeah, well. It's fine. Anyways. Good for her. Let's move on, huh? All right. 